The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the teachings today, the style of practice today that I'm offering is inspired by the um, teachings of my teacher, Sayadaw Utejaniya, who teaches a very um, open, receptive style of meditation practice rather than a directed form of meditation practice. Often instructions for meditation include choosing something to pay attention to, like the breath, for instance. We often pick an experience to um, orient our mindfulness around. And uh, Saido's Utejaniya's approach is, is receptive rather than directed. So we open to whatever's happening in the flow of our um, mind and body experience. And one of the things I'll keep saying over and over again today, I think, is just notice what's obvious. Just notice what's obvious in this moment. Moment after moment, we're just checking in. What's obvious now? What's obvious now? What's obvious now? And so rather than choosing what we're paying attention to, we are receiving what our uh, awareness is already knowing. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. So while it's primarily a receptive, open awareness that Sayadaw explores, he does also include one piece where we check from time to time, actually look, choose to check in from time to time, what is our relationship to experience? So it includes just kind of being in the flow of experience and from time to time checking in. And how am I with this? So knowing what our uh, relationship to experience is. You know, we may be experiencing a pain and not liking it. So noticing what our relationship is. Or we may be experiencing uh, the... the, um, as the mind kind of settles down, a state of calm that feels very peaceful and pleasant and liking it and not really recognizing that that we're liking it. So the instructions are pretty simple. They include primarily just notice what's obvious moment after moment and uh, checking our relationship to what's happening. That said, the... uh, the orientation, it's helpful to have a little bit of an orientation about why that's helpful. You know, why is it helpful to do that, to just explore experience in that way? So I'm going to talk for a little while to kind of set a context for this practice. So first, in terms of exploring this kind of receptive attention, it's really helpful to begin with relaxation. To relax the body, consciously we'll, we'll do that actually in the guided meditation after the instructions. Relaxing the body, and relaxing the body helps the mind to relax, helps the mind, because sometimes the, the mental tension creates physical tension, and if we relax the physical tension it can have a rebound effect on the mind to, to relax some of the mental tension. So relaxing the body and then relaxing the mind as best we can. 
in that relaxation, you might start to recognize that the mind is kind of more naturally aware. That you don't have to do much to be aware in that moment, but that the mind simply knows what's happening. Again, what's obvious? What's obvious moment after moment? So in this, um, in this practice, uh, three, in the, the Buddha taught the Noble Eightfold Path and the meditation aspect of the Noble Eightfold Path comprises three areas. Wise effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration. So I'd like to talk about how each of those three work in this practice. So mindfulness... Um, is just knowing what's happening in the present moment, knowing the experience in the present moment, knowing what's happening while it's happening, essentially a, a simple definition for what mindfulness is. Often in our... Um, understanding of meditation instructions, and it depends on where you've learned meditation, whether you have this orientation or not, but... Sometimes we have the idea that mindfulness includes choosing what we're mindful of. That we're mindful when we can choose what experience we want to pay attention to and pay attention to that. So directing the attention, saying, I'm going to pay attention to the breath and being aware of what's happening with the breath in the present moment. So that, that instruction includes two aspects at least two, but two that I'd like to highlight right now. It includes the mindfulness, the knowing what's happening in the present moment around the breath, but also the choosing of the experience. That factor is called attention. Attention is um, an aspect of our minds, a function of our minds that can pick what we pay attention to, or that does pick what we pay attention to. At any time, attention is pretty much on one experience at a time. It shifts between, it can shift between experiences very quickly. That factor of attention is under conscious control. It can be under conscious control that we can choose what we're paying attention to consciously. We can, in our minds, call up the thought, I'd like to pay attention to the experience of breathing. And then we can direct our attention there. Or the experience of hearing. We can choose where our attention goes. And yet, if we're not consciously choosing where our attention goes, our um, habits of mind, our uh, processes of mind, are choosing something to pay attention to. So something is always being attended to whether we are consciously choosing or not. So this practice begins to explore rather than consciously choosing what we pay attention to, what does the mind pay attention to? What is the... uh, What do the natural kind of unfolding processes of mind and body uh, pick out of experience to pay attention to. This has... um, It's got a couple of uh, impacts. One is that we we really get to see what our minds are up to. Um, We're not overriding 
by choosing something to pay attention to. So we get to see the forces that move our mind. We get to see the, the things that our mind does when we're um, not overriding it with agendas or ideas or um, with agendas, when we're, not, when we're not overriding it with what we think we should be doing or what we'd like to be doing. So it, it, uh, we get to see what our minds are up to. And some of, some of the impact of that is that we often get to see um, some of the challenging things that our minds are up to. We get to see that the mind uh, uh, likes things, doesn't like things, orients towards what it wants, what it doesn't want. Kind of what we're watching is the habitual unfolding of our minds along with the kind of natural organic processes of our mind. The, be- the benefit of that, one of the benefits of that, is that uh, with mindfulness, with a, a, a mindfulness that inclines towards simply observing rather than being judgmental about what the mind is up to, the, um, the mind begins to understand at a very deep level when it's choosing to do things that run counter to our deeper sense of well-being. And we, the mind and body get an education about that. It's, uh, it, it can be um, humbling to see what the mind is up to at times. Um, but it's also very helpful. It's, it's essentially what this is doing is beginning to lift the lid of what is typically in our subconscious, the subconscious area of our minds, and revealing it to our conscious mind. That revealing, essentially it's kind of like, you know how when you put soap in the washing machine and uh, the soap attracts the dirt from the clothes, so the, the soap gets, pulls the dirt out of the clothes into the water? Mindfulness, with this kind of non-judgmental attitude, functions like that soap in the water. It pulls into consciousness things that are not readily apparent. And then because of that non-judgmental exploration, those things begin to release. It doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't happen right away. But over time, this... uh, Laundry soap of mindfulness begins to purify and release those uh, ways that our mind reacts that are not so helpful, that move us more towards struggle than towards well-being. So this is the, the basic approach and a little bit about the motivation there. Another piece about this kind of meditation practice is that the encouragement is because it's more just receptive, noticing what's happening moment after moment, what's obvious now, what's obvious now, it can feel fairly relaxed, fairly easeful, not so effortful. Because we're not trying to stay with any one object. That's a lot in our mindfulness practice where some of the energy goes, trying to stay, stay, stay with some particular experience. In this practice, the encouragement is just know this moment. 
right now, can you know the sensation of your hips against the chair or cushion or bench? Can you know the sensations of your hands? In a very light way, just what's obvious about the sensations of your hands? How about the sensations of your lips touching? How hard is it to know those things as I mention each one? Usually it's not so hard. For a second or so, it's not very hard to be mindful. What's more challenging and where I think some of our effort also uh, goes is trying to sustain the continuity of mindfulness, trying to continue to be mindful. And we have uh, often have an attitude or approach to that, which is kind of like we sit down and it's like, oh, I'm going to be mindful, and we try. It's like we pick up the whole 30-minute sitting or whatever it is and try to bring the energy to be present for that whole 30 minutes in the first five seconds of the sitting. What we can do, rather, is be aware for a second. Just know what's obvious in this second. And then a light touch of effort to do it again. And another light touch of effort to do it again. What's obvious now? Just in your experience. What's the most obvious thing in your experience right now? Don't try to find it. Just settle back. What's obvious? The sound of my voice? Some experience in your body? How about now? What's obvious now? How about now? Relax and see what the mind already knows. What's obvious now? What's obvious now? What's obvious now? Sometimes in this approach, if you've done a lot of directed attention, something that sometimes happens is that the mind has trouble settling back and simply knowing what it already knows. <laughs> the agendas of our mind are, are so powerful that what, what happens is that we start to search for something. So you could recognize searching. Oh, the mind is searching for something. Or... You may know that you're aware, but not really know quite what you're aware of. And in that moment, you can just know, well, awareness or knowing is what is known right now. So those two two kinds of experiences, it's really helpful to be attuned to those. You may, you may notice the, you know, just body sensation or hearing or other emotions frustration or happiness or irritation or confusion. You may notice searching. You may notice knowing. Just moment after moment, knowing, checking in. What's obvious? What's obvious? What's obvious? If that feels very um, confusing, if the mind spins for a while, like, you know, 30 seconds or so, trying to figure out what am I aware of, if it's doing that kind of thing, just pick something to start. Pick the most obvious experience in your experience. That might be the breath. You could pick something to start. Could be the sensation of your, of your hips against the chair. Just, just pick some place to choose to, to remind yourself, oh, right, that's what it's like to be mindful. And just that light touch of effort. Okay, there, 
sensations of the hips. Known. Mind can know that. And then as you're sitting there, attending to that, a sound happens. And you know the sound automatically. And then maybe another body sensation. So you can, you can, if it feels very confusing, you can come back to picking something, but then don't hold on to it as if it's somehow more important than any other experience. So that's the basic um, mindfulness and effort aspects. How does concentration fit in? The kind of concentration that this practice cultivates is... Um, There's two basic kinds of concentration. One that's cultivated when we turn our attention to one experience like the breath and just stay there. Just cultivate holding the attention on that experience. Let go of anything not that experience and come back to the breath. That's one form of concentration. It's the form of concentration most of us are familiar with, perhaps. It produces a lot of calm in the mind over time. Um... And it's not the only way for the mind to, uh, to settle. I mean, the, essentially the definition of concentration is the mind's ability to stay present without being distracted. So non-distractability could be a good definition of concentration. The mind is not distracted from the present moment, not pulled off into thought. So that can happen when picking one particular experience. And it can also happen in this moment-to-moment, what's obvious now? Aware of pressure. Aware of hearing. Aware of dryness. Aware of vibration. Aware of relaxation. Myself narrating my own experience moment to moment. Just moment to moment. Knowing the experience, the mind isn't wandering. It's connecting with experience moment to moment. So the the non-distractability is there on different experiences. This is a form of concentration called moment to moment concentration. And it also produces... um, a calm in the mind, an ease in the mind, primarily related to the fact that we're not reacting to what's happening, just knowing moment to moment what's happening. So that's the way effort works, the way mindfulness works, the way concentration works in this practice. One additional piece, oh, let me talk first about wandering mind a little bit. Um, You will notice the mind wandering in this, and it actually may, um, at first, seem more like the mind wanders than when you choose some object. Um, Partly, if you're unfamiliar with this style, as the mind mind is recognizing, oh, now I'm aware of hearing, now I'm aware of vibration, now I'm aware of pain, you know, as as it picks up on various objects and knows that, there's so many different avenues out of which the mind can wander. The hearing, it might wander out, you know, down, down to the uh, freeway and be up to the city before you know it. it uh, the experience of uh, the pain, your mind may wander out into what's wrong, you know, do I need to go to the doctor? So moment to moment, there's more places where the mind can go out. And the practice is to just, when you notice that, 
When you notice you're waking up into having been distracted, just first of all, um, notice what your mind has woken up into because when you've become aware of that, mindfulness has returned. Already mindfulness back. Already mindfulness is knowing something. It may be waking up into thought, knowing thinking, knowing planning, knowing remembering, knowing judging, knowing confusion, knowing fantasizing. Take a moment to acknowledge what you have become aware of in that moment. And then check in, because whenever the mind has gone off into uh, some distraction, whatever it has gone and been distracted by creates a new landscape in our experience. So take a moment to take in what is the landscape now having been distracted. Sometimes that distraction will have created a landscape that includes tension, tightness, uh, other emotions, confusion, anger, irritation. Take that in. It's You've already woken up. You're already noticing what's obvious. You're back already. There's nothing to come back to consciously. You're already back. If you notice there's been some tension created, it's helpful at times to bring the relaxation back in and just continue. What's obvious? What's obvious? What's obvious right now? The... um, opening up to that landscape of where the mind has been distracted, at times there can feel like there's a pull back into that uh, distraction. If that is strong for you, it's fine at that moment to pick some experience, again, to ground yourself. You know, use the breath, use hearing, use some experience that's obvious in the present moment to help cut that pull to distraction. But again, no need to hold tightly to that. After a few moments, you can just again begin. What's obvious now? What's obvious now? Moment after moment. You may also see, I'll just put this out there because sometimes we don't recognize this until we've, it's been pointed out that it's possible. Sometimes when we've gotten distracted, actually the mind has or when we've lost awareness, let's put it that way, when when mindfulness has disappeared, sometimes when mindfulness disappears, the mind actually uh, wanders into a place that creates a little more ease in the mind. It's like sometimes we've been trying too hard and the mind just goes, hey, forget this, and it goes off and it relaxes somewhere without our being aware of where it's going. And when we wake up, sometimes if we're not judging, if we're not having an opinion or judgment about it was bad or wrong or a problem to have the mind wandering, we can touch into actually waking up now. There's more ease in the body. There's more relaxation. Can you be aware of that? It was a surprise to me when I began recognizing that moment of waking up, just how often there was actually more relaxation and ease. So if, you, if you're immediately judging your um, 
yourself for having wandered, you will miss that moment. You'll miss that possibility of the relaxation. So take in, oh, mind has wandered. What's the landscape? What's here now that the mind has wandered? So the other key piece of this practice is checking our relationship to experience. Saida Otejaniya calls this checking the attitude. His definition of meditation, uh, of a meditation that opens us and helps us, um, is that continuity of awareness or that moment-to-moment knowing what's happening in the moment with a, an attitude of mind he calls wise attitude or right attitude that is a way of observing experience that is fine with whatever, it's at ease with whatever is happening. Much of the time you will initially notice that the mind is not necessarily at ease with what's happening. You'll, and, and that's not, it's not a problem. We get to know this wise attitude or right attitude by seeing when it's not there. So we may be noticing, uh, you know, a painful experience in our body. And, you know, just noticing moment after moment the experience. And when we check our attitude, we may recognize, wow, I really don't like this. I want it to go away. So you may recognize that. If you haven't noticed that, if it hasn't come out into the wash to be conscious, then that attitude is surreptitiously uh, guiding your awareness. It's surreptitiously kind of driving what we're doing. As soon as it becomes present and drawn into consciousness... we have the possibility of no longer being subconsciously guided by that attitude. So this is an important piece of the practice. From time to time, check in. What's your relationship to what's happening? You may, there's kind of four basic relationships you might notice. You might notice uh, wanting something to go away, wanting something to stop happening, a not liking, an aversion. Might even be stronger. Anger, hatred. That's one flavor. That kind of not, of wanting something to stop happening. Another flavor is wanting something to keep happening. We like something. We want more of it. A leaning into. Might be as strong as, uh, you know, got to keep this, really kind of a, a greed in the mind. The third is kind of um, confusion. Not sure about what to do. Uh, a sense of uncertainty. And there are many flavors of that. Um, I, don't, I don't want to take the time right now to go into various flavors of that uh, confusion or uncertainty. I'll maybe touch into that a little later. The fourth kind of um, attitude might be just ease of mind, balance of mind. This is wise attitude. So in checking the attitude, sometimes people say, I don't see much. And to check the attitude, a simple way to do that is just to simply drop in the question, what's my relationship? What's my relationship to this experience? And see, not try to find it. 
Not try to look for it, but see, does that question reveal something that had been hidden to you? And it may be really obvious when you ask the, bother to ask the question. It's like, oh yeah, there's that sound outside, and I really want it to go away. So, oh, not liking is happening. In that moment, just allow the not liking to be one of the things you're aware of. We then can have a balanced attitude. It can be okay to have not liking be there. We don't have to get rid of the not liking. Oh, there's that sound and not liking. Oh, that's what's happening. Okay, I can be with that. So we begin to learn about how to be at ease with what's happening by seeing where we're not at ease. So it's not a problem that we notice that. In fact, it's helpful. It's bringing the things that are subconscious into consciousness. So they no longer have as much power to make our choices for us, to decide what we're going to do. When those attitudes are hidden from us, they are running the show. They have the power to make our choices for us, and we often suffer over that, over the the way our subconscious uh, attitudes do that. So let's, um, those are the basic instructions. So let's stand for a moment and take a, a short stretch break, and then we'll go into a guided meditation. <laughs> 